<laughs> Hello, everybody. Um, so here's the deal. <laughs> I've not done this in a while, and I don't know. I feel like I'm going to see this is a thing. This is not a, a okay. Sorry about the noise. I just had to turn down the time a little. Um, this is not me going. Oh, I'm going to do more. This is a New Year's resolution. I'm going to do more podcasts. It is more me embracing the facts of the matter. Um, and one of those facts is that I. This helps me my mental health improves by being able to come here in the middle of the night and share my feelings. Welcome to the Streaming Consciousness Podcast. This is your girl. I keep saying that I'm not going to say that because it doesn't really work for me. But this is Streaming Consciousness. I am the Streaming Consciousness of the podcast. It's having some technical difficulties for a second there. Um, so this is where I come to work out my stuff, like stuff that feels really too dangerous to talk about with the people that need that I need to have the conversations with because it's just not possible. Um, stuff that I'm, you know, struggling with, like in my heart struggling to like give name voice to um it's where i talk about new ideas it's where i talk about whatever comes into my mind is me talking about whatever i want as d'angelo wallace would say and tonight what i want to talk about is um a little thing called the michelangelo phenomenon I am just absolutely just, it, it, it's a game changer for me learning about this. I wish so much, I wish so much that I'd known about it when I was still with my partner and we were having conversations about my involvement and his, um, and his journey. Right. Um, I was accused a few times of of treating him like a patient. I don't know whether I was. I don't think I was. Um, but I do know that what I thought of him as a person, I remember being astounded, astonished by his resilience. I remember being amazed by the way he would grow so quickly and so deeply, not like superficial, let me paper over the cracks kinds of changes, but like interior, deep inside shifts in order to um, show up differently for different reasons. I was amazed by it because I do believe in change. I do believe in growth, but my cynical side tends to really feel what I really think about it is that people don't really change and that people don't really grow that much. That growth is really hard and incremental and um, hardly anybody really does it 
and that we are likely to fall back at any moment. Now, here's the thing. Some of that is true of many people, and some of that is true of uh, a couple of people, and some of that is true of everybody, some pieces of that, right? Because growth is hard for just about everyone. But I'm always dazzled by those who seem to grow almost effortlessly. And this is what I recognized in my partner, like when we first met. Growth, generosity of heart that was willing to offer comfort to anyone, even if it cost him something. There's a lot to like about the guy. I admit it. I don't even have to admit it. <laughs> it's something I've never stopped saying. Um, but I never knew what to say to him when he would say, you're treating me like a patient, even though in my head, I'm thinking I'm not. And I'm, I'm aware that it's possible that there were a couple of things probably at work there super independent person, like believes that he should be able to do all the things by himself. That's kind of a lot of the way he, he moves, right? And then you have me who's willing to be helpful and a cheerleader, but who doesn't always recognize when it's time to stop. I try, I do my best, but I admit that I, I get super excited. I see someone's goal and I want it for them and I'm on board, you know, I'm like, you know, whatever, whatever you need for me, I'll, I'll be your huckleberry, right? And then something will happen or I'll see something or something. I, I'm not exactly sure how it happens. But at some point, at many points in my life, I have recognized myself in a situation where I was wanting, cheering for something that the other person no longer felt was important or that they needed to take a break about or whatever. Let me tell you, if I had known about this thing called the Michelangelo phenomenon, I would have been, these conversations would have gone so much differently. We could have been really intentional. Instead, I was defensive and he was, we were both just really defensive instead of like being able, because we didn't know about this thing. And I really believe that we were that for each other. Okay, let me talk about the mic. I was, you know, minding my own business, watching Lewis Howe's, Lewis Hodge, Lewis Howe, Lewis Howe School of Greatness podcast. He was interviewing Estelle Perel, who is a psychotherapist and she specializes in marriage and family counseling. I am so sorry for my heater coming on. Okay, so they are talking about things. And she says, yes, well, you know, it's the Michelangelo phenomenon is what you want. And I'm going, yeah, my, my Belgian, French Belgian accent is really bad. So we'll just pretend I didn't do that. Um, and he's like, Michelangelo phenomenon, what's that? So it is a thing where partners are interdependent in such a way. No, no, no. It's a thing where you see in your partner their ideal self and they see in you 
your ideal self that you want for you and that they want for them, right? And then your lives together become about helping each other achieve the goals to reach, to, to strive towards those ideals. It is just, it blew my tiny mind. It did. Hey, just welcome. It blew my tiny mind because that is how I enter relation. All of my my friendships, my romantic relationships, it does not matter. I, I find myself drawn to people who are special to me in a particular way and who are driven to improve, driven to grow. And from their, um, their, their special, the, the specialness combined with the drive gives me the ability to sort of see what's inside of them, like where, what they could become, what they're trying to become, right? And so I get on board. I'm like, oh, this is where you're going? I am on board for that. And I will, I will hold water, whatever you want me to do. I will do research, I, whatever you want me to do. And then, of course, you know, with long-term relationships, life circumstances intervene in the process while the person is attempting to reach that goal and while you're attempting to be a support system for helping them to reach that goal. And that is where I struggle. That's where I kind of falter because I get really pissed at those life circumstances and I'm like, I got this. I'm going to take it on. I'm going to, I'm, this is what we need to do for this. And I don't always, <laughs> I don't always remember to sit with my person and say, Hey, this is where we're headed. And I a thousand percent believe in you. And I believe that you'll reach that goal. But this situation has developed, which seems to be an obstacle. How would you like us to handle that? And would you like to that to be an us situation at all? And what role, if any, do you want me to take? I would do that differently. But I didn't know that there was a, such a thing as a Michelangelo phenomenon. I did not know that there was this thing that had been studied by psychologists and written about and all this stuff that allows you to kind of understand how to have what is to me my ideal relationship. My ideal relationship is someone who sees the statue in the stone that is my ideal self and seeing that statue that's within the stone that is their ideal self. And both of us working with each other, encouraging each other, correcting each other, guiding each other towards our best selves, towards our goals. So the way she kind of put it was like this, you know, say you're, it's like with, with a Michelangelo, I'm going to, I'm going to get ready to go into her, I'm getting ready to try to go into her accent again, which I should not do, but I, you know, hello. It's just the two of us. So I probably will end up finding myself there. Um, 
she says, you know, it's, it's the, and as an example, you know, you're sitting down for dinner and you're eating cake. Your partner has baked a cake and you're eating the cake and you're thinking to yourself that this is a wonderful cake and that, you know, this cake is so good that she could make a, or they could make a business out of selling it. And so you say that to them. And the other piece of it is often the willingness to sacrifice, to aid them to get to their goal. And the best relationships are those where that is a two-way street. I had one of the best relationships because we had that and it was very much a two-way street. He had heavy stuff going on. I felt honored to be allowed inside his process while he worked his stuff out. I felt honored to stand by him and hold his water bottle while he climbed that mountain there for whatever advice or contribution seemed appropriate or that he asked for. Because if I tried to describe the beauty of the strength of this person, and when I talk about strength, I am not talking about just toughness, you know, the ability to endure pain, which he has a lot of, but also the ability to offer to other people tenderness and gentleness and support and love and to offer that not just to the people who are most who are but who are best fixed to offer that in return but also to offer it to those who had no ability to reciprocate he did that he tended to do that on a less like you know what's the word i'm looking for Hi, Echo. Welcome, welcome. On a less, um, he tended to do that on a less uh, involved way because he had really healthy boundaries. Um, And what I've realized about myself is that is what I want. That is what I love. That is so important to me. I want the Michelangelo phenomenon in all of my relationships. Right now, these days, I, 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 I more have, in most of my relationships, with the exception of, I'm going to say, one mostly, um, I have, uh, I, I, I am, it's a one-sided Michelangelo. Like, I see this in my friend, and I offer it to them. Um, I have a, uh, a partner-ish person, I don't know entanglement (laughs) i guess um you want to call in echo sure what would you like to talk about tell me what you would like to talk about please um that where it is more on his side frankly i have i've you know i'm in the place that i'm in which is heartbreak hotel and uh i you know i'm cleaning up the room ready to you know packing up ready to, to 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 go but i it's not checkout time quite yet And so I have not really been available to offer that to him. 
but he was willing to offer it to me. And I, I pulled back a lot because I wasn't able to offer it in return. But yeah, so um, I have a friendship where it's totally reciprocal. Like I shape her, she shapes me. Um, um, okay, well, we're talking about relationships and the Michelangelo effect in relationships. What would you, would you like to talk about your relationships and how they kind of go? Okay, awesome. Let me get uh, organized so that I can actually take the call. Been a while since I've done this. You guys who have listened to this before, because <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm going to publish it later. But you, if you've listened to this before, you know how long it takes me to be able to like uh, do this whole. Okay, we're 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 doing a uh, thing here. All right. I'm going to, so go ahead and call in. You're there, there you are. Sent your speaker invite. Can you hear me, Echo? Yeah, you are audible. Am I audible? Yes, you are. How are you doing? Okay, now I can't hear you. Now you're muted. Hello? Echo? You're muted. Unmute, please. I'm trying to unmute you. It says unmuted, but you're not unmuted. That's so weird. Okay. Um, for some reason, you're muted, and I can't seem to unmute you, even though it keeps telling me that I've that I've succeeded in unmuting you. You might need to call in again. So the thing is that. That's what I want. And I don't know that I, how much I wanted it before she said it. Like she's, you know, she said this thing and, um, ah, hello, Echo. And Echo is back. Hi, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. Like, uh, sorry for that, but I have to go. <laughs> sorry okay. for that. That's all right. Yes. Okay, take care. I'm going to follow you like uh, it's a kind of good topic like I love to talk about like relationship and the philosophies behind relationship and the concept behind relationship but uh, my friend is calling me uh, and I love this topic and I just want to talk to you in like future so I just follow you and I want sure. you to follow me back because I love this kind of topic some things which is related to life and uh, the problems of life so yeah thank you for that okay you're welcome thank you for joining the uh, the show have a good one Take care. Okay, so I realized that I really wanted it for myself. I really wanted for myself um, that mutuality. Of course, I have a problem. I'm an escape artist in relationships. <laughs> oh gosh, it's I'm you know I'm learning so much lately. Uh, I realized uh, not too long ago that I am an escape artist in relationships. I don't mean that I leave, which actually I, I have, I, I do tend to leave fairly quickly when it becomes clear that it might be a good idea. Um, um, but I don't mean that I leave, really. What I mean is that 
I have the capacity to be in a relationship. I'm one of those people who you, maybe you've, you've experienced this. Have you ever had a friend or family member or partner who, you know, you're having conversations with them, you're engaging with them, and they're responding to what you're saying, but your sense is they have left the building. And the frustration and the difficulty of communicating that with them. Because of course, they're gaslighting you because they're seeming to be there. They're seeming to pay attention to what you're saying. They're seeming to be engaged with what you're saying and with you. Um, <clears throat> now, I have a mother. <laughs> And like many adult daughters, the worst thing you could say to me is, you're just like your mom. <laughs> but I will say in this, I am just like my mother. I spent most of my life in conversations with her when she had just checked out. And she'd be responding. And we would be having the, the, the conversation, but she's not there. And I noticed like in relationships, when I start to feel too vulnerable, when I start to feel like too visible, I'll just step out. I'm there. I'm having the conversation. I seem to be engaged. I mean to be engaged, but there's a part of myself that I've walled off to protect. And the person that is my partner or my friend knows it. The problem is that it's not just one behavior. You know, it's not just like, okay, when so-and-so is talking to me and I don't really want to talk about this topic that they're talking about, or I'm afraid of the topic that they're talking about, I'm going to jump on the table and pound on the, the furniture with my forks and spoons, right? I could do that, right? I could, but and, and that would be my sign that I don't want to talk about it, that I'm stepping out of the building. Except with this, the action changes depending on the person and the circumstance. So while it might be true that I, in one relationship, just get up and leave and say, you know, I had a friendship where it wasn't like she was, you know, she saw me. It, was, it wasn't about her seeing me so well. It was really about um, just not liking some of the things that were going on, but not being willing. Oh, well, I'd stepped out because I wasn't willing to let her know that I wasn't happy with the way that she was behaving. I didn't want to have that conversation. And so instead of having that conversation, I would just go, oh, look at, look at this. Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go over to that place for a little while and I'd be gone. So I did that with her, with my partner. I'm not exactly sure of the many ways that it showed up, but I did notice like with my entanglement, current entanglement, um, it just, I withdrew a part of the relationship an, an element of the relationship that interested, excited and intrigued us both an element of myself that interacted with him. And I just withdrew it. I felt 
too vulnerable. I felt like I'd been doing too much and I just stopped offering that part of myself to him. Didn't have a conversation with him about it. I didn't talk to him about what my concerns were. And we continued just as if that hadn't happened because it's really difficult to say, hey, by the way, I noticed that you used to seem this way with me. And now I feel like, what would I say? I'd say, oh, I'm just tired because that's what I would believe that it was. It wasn't that I was doing this intentionally. It wasn't that I was like, you know, that it was malicious. It was just fear. And I didn't know what I was doing, but now I do. And so these days, okay, my solution these days is to signpost to my partners and friends, hey, look, sometimes I start to feel a little too seen. That starts to feel uncomfortable. And if there comes a time when we are interacting and you feel like I'm absent, trust that feeling and call me on it. And sometimes signposting these things right at the start helps you to have no room to root, to move, you know, no room to run. So um, it's, a, it's a way of getting accountability for things that maybe you're, I'm, you know, you're less clear what the actual issue is. You just know that you're not showing up in a way that you appreciate or that your friend or partner appreciates. So... <clears throat> I think if I were to go into a relationship again, I would state at the outset that that is what I am looking for. I want the the Michelangelo phenomenon in my relationship. I want us to sculpt each other into our ideal selves that we have identified, that we want to be. Not like, because this is not a done to situation. That's the other part that's really interesting about it. It's not a done to. It's not like I walk up to you, I look at you, and I say, hmm, I think you should be doing this. Let me help you. And then start trying to shove you into that box and into that direction and path that I think you should be going down. It is a person seeing what they want for themselves and having a partner who is open enough, sensitive enough, selfless enough to recognize this dream, goal, need, desire that is completely separate, alien from themselves, the partner, and is all about the person who we want to like offer that Michelangelo effect you know, phenom- phenomenon to. So we see that they want this thing for themselves, that they see themselves in their eye. When they think of themselves as like who they, who the person is that they want to be, that it means these kinds of behaviors, these kinds of habits, patterns, jobs, um, relationships, whatever. And then I dedicate myself to the service of helping them make that happen in whatever ways they permit. And I want the same in exchange. I'm a little afraid of that, frankly, because that does mean you're not hiding from your partner. You're, and it's hard to admit that, you know, there's this thing that you really want that you don't have, that you, you haven't got yet, that you don't know if you can get, you don't know if you should get. And, um, but you would love their help 
in attempting to help you. Because what happens, of course, when we're reaching goals is that our, our, our flaws come up, our, our, our challenges, the things that we, that we struggle with start to show up as well. So, you know, we get a little far because the reason we haven't got there in the first place is because there's some kind of obstacle. Sometimes, a lot of times, that obstacle is us. And so we state the goal. We have a partner who's like, rah, 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 go you, go you, let's go you, right? (laughs) Awesome. And then we take the first few steps and we recognize that one of the reasons why we hadn't moved forward was because there's a little bit of trauma unresolved crossing our path. And so your partner gets to see that too. I think that's the part I'm afraid of. I'm afraid of them seeing, you know, my little weird traumas. I'm afraid of them seeing my little weird, like, ways of thinking about, you know, the world and stuff. Makes me nervous. We're talking about the the Michelangelo phenomenon in relationships. Um, If there's... Actually, I'm going to link you guys to, huh, this is the cool thing about, um, about the chat backspace is I can send you a link to the Psychology Today article, which you might love. Um, but if you are more academic, there's also this paper, this paper that was a research paper um, that talks about how amazingly that helps people in relationships and how healthy and amazing those relationships can be. Very cool. So um, I think I'm probably going to ask my entanglement whether he wants to be my Michelangelo phenomenon friend. I wonder if I can do that. I do have a friend where she and I do that with each other. She's amazing. She's just like, and I'm amazing for her. And I'm watching her like grow in leaps and bounds. And she's watching me grow in leaps and bounds and, you know, become, you know, fully inhabit myself (laughs) in ways that maybe I hadn't before. So, um, yes, except we're human. And so human Fear is a human trait. So we're always going to, it won't let me let you see the article. Are you able to copy and paste the link? I hope. Um, so humans are going to be afraid sometimes. We're not always going to be calm. We're not built to be calm all the time. And sometimes it's not appropriate to be calm in situations. Fear is, uh, is, is with us for a reason. And sometimes it's a, it, sometimes in growth processes, it means that it's time to slow down a little, that we need to like give ourselves some space to uh, absorb the new circumstances and challenges and just kind of rest a bit um, because we're getting in too far. So, yeah, so sometimes, you know, in, in partnerships, I, you know, I have this friend, amazing friend who, you know, she and I, I talk to her about, you know, her certain parts of her life that I have special insight to. She talks to me about 
parts of my life that she has special insight to, which frankly is primarily the ability to see myself because I can't see myself. I'm not very good. I, I have a lot of self-awareness, but I'm not, I have what I what I lack is the ability to understand how I how what that looks like in the world in comparison to other people. I I tend to compete against myself. So for the most part, if you were to ask me to give an objective um, assessment of skills and qualities and stuff like that, I really have a difficult time doing that. And she's good at helping me to see myself in the world, which is not something I'm very good at. So it's it's kind of awesome. And also helping me to kind of just like take myself by my, my by the horns and just be ready to like be a wild woman, be a wild woman, <laughs> be dangerous and wild and fully inhabit the meanness that is me. He's <laughs> pretty awesome. Thank you, Bobby. I appreciate that so much. Um. So anyway, I am. <laughs> I'm gonna probably wrap it up oh, going on for a half hour. So um, I'm gonna wrap it up here and just, you know, say that I wish all of you become Michelangelo in your relationships and that you are all in relationships with someone who is also a Michelangelo. Um, and so for, for now, good night. Well, good night, I say at 4 a.m. my time, but have a great day. Have a great week. Probably it'll be next month, most likely, but I will see you next month. Take care and be good to yourselves. Good afternoon for you. Ah, excellent. Good afternoon then. And streaming consciousness. <laughs>